Okay, we're learning about Tzadi Gimel. We're going to start from the bottom of Tzadi Bezim. Bezim, in the middle of the three-way Machlok Tanon, about when two people do Malacha together. And obviously, when one person does Malacha on Shabbos, they're Chayev. If two people do Malacha together, so what's the Halacha? So one opinion says, so they're both Chayev. That's the opinion of Remer. Rabbi Yehuda holds the middle opinion that it depends. If Zayachov is Zayachov, they were both able to do it themselves. So then each one's action detracts from it being the other one's action. And therefore, they're both Pater. But if they were both unable to do it themselves and they were only able to do it together, then they're both Chayev together. And Rabbi Shimon says, even by Zayachov, Zayachov, where they both couldn't do it without each other, even in that case, they are both Pater. So the Gemara examines the bottom inside the basement and the basement on immediately. Where do we learn all these halachas from? The Tanar Abanar, it says in Abraisa, Ba'asos, it says about an Avera, Ba'achivchatis, when you do it. So it says, Kulav Elosah Mistasa, it's only talking about someone who does an entire malacha, not someone who only does a part of a malacha. Ketzad, what is this point of the exclusion? That you have to do the whole malacha, not only a part. Let's say two people are holding on to a pitchfork. And they're stacking stuff. So Rashi says that the malacha was stacking the stuff is ma'amer. That's one of the malachas of gathering together. So he, obviously this could have been done by either one alone. It's very easy to do. And yet they're doing it together. Makons v'kosin, two people holding a pen and they're writing together. I'm sorry, I skipped one. V'charkar uh, v'shoftin. Let's say they're holding a, uh, they're, this is for the malacha of arranging the, the, the weaving, the warp. So they're ho- both holding the, 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 the pointer and they're, and they're arranging the loom. So again, it could have been done by either one alone, and yet they're doing it together. Two people holding onto a pen and they're writing with it. Two people holding onto a reed and they carry it together. You might think that they're both chayav, they each did the malacha. Therefore, the Pasuk says, When you do it, you're only chayav for doing the whole malacha. You're pater if you only do a part. And the sense of a part is that since it was done with someone else who could have done it by themselves, you're not viewed as doing the whole malacha. However, top of Tzadi Gimel, the eagle shall develop. It's a heavy thing, like a big cake of pressed figs. So Sirish Ram and they carry it together. Bekorba Sirish Ram, or a big beam that they carry out together. So Rabbi Huda says, If neither one was able to carry it themselves and they carried it out together, they're both But if it wasn't the case, meaning each one could have done it themselves, they're both exempt. Shimon says, And even if each one was not able to carry it by themselves, if they carry it out together, they're still pater. Says Rabbi Shimon, it says, you have to do it. If you do it yourself, if two people do it, they're pater. According to Rabbi Shimon, no matter what the circumstance, whenever two people do malacha together, they are always pater. Says the What's the root of the question here? Obviously, we've brought that there's a drasha, but in this three-way machlokas, Rameir says, always chayav. Rabbi Shimon says, always pater. And Rabbi Yudah splits, versus What's really the root in the dispute in the drasha? They're looking at the following pasuk. Right? There's a person who's sinning the shogeg from the people of the land by doing one of the affairs. Rabbi Shimon Omer, you have three uh, drushers here that exclude things because it says nefesh tachta the soul is sinning achas tachta one is sinning ba'asosa tachta committing it should sin so each one of those phrases imply that it's only when an individual themselves is doing the avir not when they're doing it not, not only when they do the whole avir not when they're only doing a part so what is the point of three phrases so one excludes a case where you didn't even do the not that you did it together with someone else each part but that there were two parts of the malacha and you only did one part so for example hotza you have an akira and you have a hanacha so ruven did the akira ruven and, and shema does the hanacha so we exclude both because they each didn't do the whole malacha that's what one pasuk is coming to exclude 
The other one is coming to include to exclude a case where they were both able to do it, that, um, that they're both potter. And the third one, even in a case for his Reb Shimon, where they both couldn't do it by themselves and they did it together, even that case is excluded. So that's how we have three drushas, and that's why Reb Shimon excludes all three cases from the idea of Shana Shasu, you didn't do the whole malacha by yourself. For Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, the middle position, one of the phrases come to include the case where you only did one part completely. You only did one, one guy did that here, one guy did that. The other pasuk comes to exclude a case where they each could do it themselves. But the third one, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda interprets differently. It comes to, to exclude a case, well, let's say somebody does an Avera, but they only did the Avera because the 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 the, the halacha what the the court the, the the big court ruled that it was okay meaning the court made a mistake and it rules you know you're allowed to do hotza on shabbos they make a mistake and they rule that that's the halacha because the, this guy hears that that's the halacha so this innocent person goes and he does the malacha then basin retracts their opinion so what happens so Yudah says the pasuk is telling you that you're potter so that's what the third exclusion is necessary for and therefore, there's no, there's no, there's no extra exclusion for the case of Zainov, and that's why Rabbi Yudah holds that in that case they are chayav. For Rabbi Shimon, why? How does Rabbi Shimon respond? Meaning he used the third exclusion for Zainov, What about the din of Yachosh Hasabaras Basin? Yachosh Hasabaras Basin chayav. He actually argues on the din. He holds that Yachosh Hasabaras Basin. He did it because Basin Paschal Matir is still chayav. It's interesting. It's not considered an onest. You're not considered like a. It's an unavoidable thing. You knew the halacha just. You were surely because the rabbi passed wrongly. So fascinating halacha. Rabbi Shimon holds that that person is actually chayav, and he interprets the pasuk as coming to exclude the enachal v'zayachal. Rabbi Meir, remember, a mayor holds that that even zayachal v'zayachal is chayav. So Rabbi Meir says back, "There's not so many phrases here. Niksiv nefesh techta, akas sefta, vasosa techta. It's not. That's not the language of the pasuk. Really, it's tremutixivit. There's really only two miutim. So what he's saying is that nefesh achas." Is one exclusion, not two. So it's really according to Rabbi Meir, there's only two exclusions: nefesh achas and baasosa. So what do we do with them? One comes to include the case where one person did one part, and one person did the other part. And the second exclusion comes to comes to um, exclude the case of a case where somebody did it because of basin's psak. But according to Rabbi Meir, there is no exclusion in the Torah for zeyachol for zeyachol, and obviously no exclusion for zeyinayachol zeyinayachol. Says the Gemara, Amar Mar. We said earlier. Even according to Reb Shimon, if Reuven was able to do it by himself and Shimon was not, everybody agrees he's chayef. Meaning, even Reb Shimon holds chayef. But if Zayachol, for sure, everyone agrees he's chayef. So, which one is chayef? So, meaning, is it the Zayachol, which would Pash just make any sense? Which would Pash just make the most sense, right? He could do it, the other one could have do it themselves. So, who's the bigger doer here? The one who could have done it themselves. Whereas the other way to look at it is that, is that maybe the Zay. Um, the Zayin the you could say perhaps that he's he, he's giving it all he's giving it all so perhaps he could be Chayv so the Gemara says Amar Chista no if the one who could do it by himself is Chayv if it's the one who wasn't able to do it by themselves it doesn't make sense he'd be Chayv my what, what what is he giving meaning the point is it could be done without him and he can't do it by himself. So then he's not giving anything. What do you mean? He's giving support. Maybe support. Giving support, giving it all you can is uh, makes you Chayv He's giving all his strength and supporting it, uh, so maybe he's more of the osa here. So the Mar says, no, 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 we don't say such a thing. Helping is nothing. Either doing it or you're not doing. Helping is nothing. So if one person could do it by himself, the other person can't do it by himself. So the one who's doing, the one, the doer of the of the maisa is the one who could of the yachal. But the eno yachal is viewed as a random assistance, which is considered um, insignificant. 
says the Gemara, we're going to prove from the Mishnah that this concept of siyua is considered insignificant. So we're talking about the laws of a Zav. Remember, the din of the Zav, right, he has the regular uh, emission, and um, there's a rule that anything that he sits or lies in that supports most of his weight becomes Thomas Medris, becomes an Ava Tomah. Now, the halacha is to become a Medris, it has to be supporting the majority of the Zav weight, of the Zav's weight. So what happens? Usually, sitting on a bed. Under the 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 feet of the bed, right? The four there are four different talisim under the legs of the bed. So to me, they're all talmid. The bed can't stand on three legs. So if it can't stand on three legs, when we're trying to figure out what does one leg contribute now to the support of the bed, we look at what the leg would do in, in, in relative to the other three. So since the single leg or the other three can't do it by themselves. So it's called, it's like Ze'ina Yachov, Ze'ina Yachov. The one leg can't do it by itself and the three legs can't do it by themselves. So they therefore review that each of them are supporting the Zav's weight. So this is how long this should get. Again, there's a din for the mattress that has to be, this is the supporter of the weight. So all of the, all of the, the, the talisim are, 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 are tummy because all of the legs are viewed, everyone together, Ze'ina Yachov, Ze'ina Yachov. So they're all con- considered that they supported the Zav's weight. They're all tummy. Reb Shimon Matar, Reb Shimon's Matar. Remember, Reb Shimon holds Einachol Zeinachol. No one's considered to be the doer. So, so to here, none of the talisim are considered to be the carrier of the weight. Zeinachol Zeinachol. They're all doing it together. No one is considered the doer, and therefore, none of them is considered the one who supported the zav's weight, and therefore, they're all remain tar. That's consistent with the machlokas Reb Shimon and the Rabbanim, which we've seen before. Says the bride. So he wrote a lot. Let's say the zav not on a couch; he's riding an animal. And under the behemoth's feet are four talisim. They're all tar. They could each stand because a behemoth could stand on three legs. So if you want to say what is the contribution from one leg, it's only it's only helping the other three, right? It can't stand on one leg and it could stand on three. So each leg on an individual level is just assisting. It's just assisting the other three. So therefore they're tar because it could stand on three legs. So what's the pshara? Isn't it helping? Must be. Helping is not enough. It's just helping isn't considered that you're supporting the weight. So again, the din there is that the supporter of the, of the weight becomes tummy. And if we're saying that if it could stand on three legs, so then each leg individually relative to the other three is just considered an assisting carrying the weight and therefore it's not tummy. So, um, so we have a proof that just assisting when you can't do it yourself and the other three could, just assisting is not considered to be doing a maisa, says the Gemara. Is that really a proof? I'm afraid of me, this really, I could, I could defend Maybe just assisting something is significant. Which is different here in the case by the Zav. Because the standing animal totally lifts one of its legs. Sometimes it just picks up one leg and is just resting on three. So the one leg isn't even assisting at all. So if it actually raises its leg in that situation, it's not giving any assistance. So that's why they're all tarred, because it could be that um, it picked up its leg. It sounds like a funny case, but the whole time that the person was there, it had a case where um, one of its legs may have been picked up the whole time. But maybe not Konami, if it was assisting, let's say we know for a fact it was on four legs, then all the legs might be tummy, says the Gemara, but it's still a suffix. But if, if you're right, if you're right that if all four legs were on the ground, right, then it would be tummy. And it's just because we're concerned maybe its leg was picked up the whole time. That's why it's tar. Let it at least be esophic. Sometimes it picks up this leg, and sometimes, sometimes it picks up another leg. It should be like the case of the Zav who moves around in his sleep, where we see that even if it's a esophic, if the Zav leaned his weight on it or not, we're still not aware. And that's what the Gemara is trying to bring out. If you're just saying it's not because assistance is nothing, it's just because maybe it picked up one of its legs, and we don't know which one, so why is that a reason to make them all tar? They should all at least be telling me suffolk where do we see a precedent that if it's a suffolk if the zav um if the zav 
because didn't we learn in the Mishnah Let's say a Zog is lying across five measures, or across five money vessel arcon. If he's lying across the length of them, so it's really supporting his weight to man, then they can all be tummy because he's really it's really supporting uh supporting his weight. if he's lying across the width, the heart and they're tar, because none of the benches would have supported most of the weight if it's across the width. Yashan, but if he was sleeping, we don't know whether he shifts himself around in his sleep to Mayim. Then they're all Tommy because he may have been lying across their links at some point during his sleep. Now, that's not, it's not a vada. We don't know for sure whether most of the Zav's way is supported by the bench. Be still Tommy because he may have shifted around in his sleep. So, so to hear if you're saying that assistance is considered significant. And it's just that maybe the animal picked up one of its legs. So it doesn't make sense to say... It doesn't make sense to say that since you don't know they're all tar, just the opposite. Since we don't know, we should all we consider them tame. So going back to the proof of the animal, a lab, it must be, you know what the right conclusion is? Just assisting is not considered significant. That must be clearly the reason. And that's why the animal with the four legs, since it could, each leg individually is just assisting because it could stand with the other three and it can't stand on one. So a support to what we said. A support to what we said. That is potter. Because he's just viewed as an unnecessary and insignificant assistance. As the Gemara another proof to this idea that Messiah is insignificant. Let's say you have a horse that's carrying a zav, is metame through the front legs. Meaning we're talking about a horse that's just standing in one place, and there's let's say um, again a beged that's under under the front legs. So the beged what does become tame mentors. The idea is that horse most of the weight is on the front legs. So it would not be able to stand if anyone, if either one of the front legs was above the ground. So each, so therefore each front leg is a zayin yachol, a zayin and therefore they're considered that each one has 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 held the weight of the zav. But if it would be on the back legs, it would be tar because the the, the the horse could stand even with one of the 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 hind legs off the ground, and it can't hold it on its own. And a chamar is the opposite. A donkey al raglov, the the tumah is on is through the back legs. A horse is always leaning on its front legs. The donkey is always leaning on its back legs. So am I? Who cares about all this? Still, each leg is supported. Must be since it could stand with one of them picked up, and it's the back one, whichever one, by the horse and the donkey, each one respectively, is just assisting. So assisting is nothing. We only care about the one that it can't stand without. If it can't, if it can't make it itself, and it's not necessary, then we say assistance is nothing. Says the Let's bring another proof. So here we're talking about a Kohen. The din is that a Kohen has to be standing directly on the floor. There can't be a Chatzis has to be standing on the floor when he does the Avodah. So what happens, Rebbe Lazar? Omer, Let's say a Kohen, he's standing with one of his feet is on top of a Kli. And one of his feet is on the floor. Or, One of his feet is on a stone, one of his feet is on the floor. Like a dislodged stone or something that's not directly on the floor. So in all these cases, is the Kohen on the floor or not? So Rowan, we have to, we have to make an examination. If it's a case that the utensil, the stone that the, one of the feet of the coin is on and were to be removed, the coin would still be able to stand on the other foot and do that. Because then we say, he's standing on the floor. He happens to get a little bit of support from the other one. But he's really standing on the floor. If he wouldn't be able to support himself from the foot that's on the floor, then because he's considered that he's not standing on the floor, he's also standing on the cleat. So what's going on? Am I? Why is this the, the avodah kasher? Just because he would still be able to stand? How come He's still getting support from the fact that he's on the kli. Since it's not necessary and it can't do it by itself, so we say the assistance unto itself is nothing, which is again another proof to Rav Even another proof. Here we're talking about the din in the avodah. Cohen has to use his right hand. So kibul be a man. A coin catches the blood. 
from a carbon with his right hand, small Messiah, but his left hand was helping. He was helping him hold the Kliya. But also share the Avodah is still kosher because again, it was really being done by the right hand. It was just assistance from the left hand. So am I? Why is it kosher? Come His left hand is helping. The same idea says the Gemara. You know, we see from all this stuff that Misayeya is not considered significant. Says the Gemara. Now the Gemara moves on to a new question. Amar Mar, we've said In a case where each one could do it themselves, Rameir still held Rechayev, right? He doesn't subscribe to the principle of Shamsha Sub Turin. So says the Gemara, we have the following question. Could, if both people are high, is that only if the item that they're carrying, remember each item has a minimum size to be significant. We've spent a lot of time on that. In order for two people to be high, does it have to be that the item is big enough that it has a double size so that each of them could be high? Or is one measure can be enough to be high of both of them? That's the lumdish question of the Gemara. They're both carrying out an item together and they're both being high. Do we say that they can share the same size? Or do we say that there has to be that the item is, has two measures, one to be mechayev one and one to be mechayev one? So the Gemara says, "Rav Chitzav Ramun, it's machlokas. Chadam Rishelazev Rishelazev. We need a separate measure for each one. Chadam Rishelachol Kula. The two people could have a chia for just one shear." Says the Gemara, "Amar Papa Rishelazev Rav and Adam Tamina. The proof in the Mishnah that we saw. Yerusha Ragavli Mita himself sitting on a bed. Arbetul Tachas Ragle Mita. Either a four talisim, one under each leg of the bed. Tameos, all of them are tameim. They should have a because it can't stand on the three legs. That case that we looked at. So it's like a zayin yachol, a zayin yachol. So they're all considered that they're holding the weight of the zav. So if I'm I, why they're all tameim? There should be an, right. They each have to support the zav's weight. So there's not two different weights. There's only one weight. And again, in order to become tameim measures, it has to be that you, this one is supporting all the weight. So we see that all four legs. The talisim on the bottom are coming to me because each of them in the zayniyachol scenario of these legs is considered the carrier. But there's only one shear. There's only one zav. So we see from here, where all four legs are doing it together, they're sharing the same weight. They're sharing the same zav, and that din zav that he's putting his weight on all of them is considered that each one is the doer. And even though there's only one shear, it can be machai of all of them. So do here when two people carry something out together, we don't need a separate size measure for each of them. They can share the same size, and both of them will still be chai. Let's bring a different proof. Let's say a deer comes into a house on Shabbos. Remember, one of the malachas on Shabbos is trapping. Somebody closes the door in front of the deer. He's chayav for trapping the deer. Let's say two people together close the door. And they're potter. Because they each could have done it by themselves. So, so we're going like Rabbi Yehuda. Let's say each one could not close the door by themselves. So they had to do it together. Chayavim. They're both chayav. So they're both chayav for trapping the one deer together, even though they they both did it. Because since each one couldn't do it by themselves, so we're going like review the Zenachov is chayav. So says the Gemara Why are they both chayav? They only trap one deer. So if it's true that you require two separate measurements to be mechayav both people, there's only one deer here. Must be. Since they're doing it together, even just one measure, one deer can be mechayav both people. So, so here, when they're carrying out an item, one measure can be mechayav both people. Says so the Gemara, even another proof. So right, there's a din of, um, of that when you steal something, if you if you slaughter it or sell it, then you have to pay four or five times the penalty. So what happens if if partners do it together? Should them do it together? They steal and they shaft it together. They have to pay four or five. So, because again, it's it's considered to be 
um, if they're doing it joint, so they have to pay together. So Vamai, there's only one animal. There's only one animal. They're sharing the same shear. Must be One shear can be safe. Since they're doing it together and they're both considered a doer, so one shear can be Machai of both of them. We see also from that from the Grisa. It says, two people are carrying out the weaver's reed are both Chayav. So Vamai, why are they Chayav? The Gemara is assuming, right? That uh, the this instrument that they're carrying is just enough to make one cloth, and which is only one shear. There should be an, you should require uh, a separate measurement for both. It must be that they could share the same shear. So the Gemara says that's not a proof. What's the shear of a reed? The shear of a, the Gemara was assuming that it was for the weaver, so it was only one 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 shear. But maybe it's actually a piece of wood where the shear is because it can be used as fuel, and the shear for fuel is that it can cook an easily cooked egg, as we learned this, uh, the egg from a chicken, and maybe there was enough in there to, to fuel two eggs to be cooked. Says the Gemara, and if that's the case, let's read in Konevama, just talk about a reed, why does this speak out the weaver's reed? It must be talking about that it's, it's not an ordinary fuel, and it's really made for the weaver, and there's only one shear. Says the Gemara, okay, maybe you're right that we're talking about the weaver's reed, but still, Maybe it's big enough that it could it could it could weave a towel for each one. So it could be that it was more bigger than we thought it was. From this last one, we don't bring a proof, but from the other ones, it seems like there was a proof. Says the Gemara, Tani Tana Kamitur Nachman. It was a Tana that brought a price in front of Nachman. It says in the price, Hashem should see you kind of show guide the Two people carry out the weaver's read or potter. I haven't done uh, the Malacha. Shimon Shimon holds your chai. So Gemara says, Klabe it's backwards. Right? It should be the Chachamim are saying you're Chayav because if it's Zeyinu Yachov, Zeyinu Yachov, it should be Chayav. Or, or perhaps the Tana is Rabbi Meir who holds Zeyachov, Zeyachov, Chayav. And Rabbi Shimon holds you're always Potter. So the Gemara switches it. Aleim HaChayavim, the Tana Kam holds Chayav. Rabbi Shimon, Potter, because Rabbi Shimon holds no matter what, even Zeyinu Yachov, Zeyinu Yachov is still Potter. Rabbi Shimon holds whenever two people do things together on Shabbos, the Malacha together, they are always, they are always Potter. Okay. Says the Mishnah. Let's someone come. Remember, we have all we have a minimum size for items to be chayav on Shabbos. So for food, it's a grogris, right? So if you carry out less than a grogris, you're potter. What about if you carry out less than a grogris? So it's not significant, but it's in a kli. So what's the din? You're potter, even even though you carried the kli. Fascinating halacha. The food you're potter because it's not significant, but you're potter even though you carried a kli and the kli is chashuv. What's the reason? Shakli tefelo because the container is considered tafel. It's tafel to the food. So. You're potter for carrying the food because it didn't have the right shear. You're also potter for carrying the kli because the kli is not being carried for its own sake. It's only to hold the food. So, so therefore, it has no chashivas unto itself. It's only chashiv in the mice, so it's not to hold the food. And since the food you're not chayav for because it wasn't significant, you're not chayav for the kli as well. Similarly, it's a chayavimita. Let's say somebody carries out a live person on a bed. So there's a very important concept that we're going to study is that you're not chayav if you carry out a live person. It's the principle chayno say it's asma. We'll learn about tomorrow. That when a, if somebody carries out a live weight, you're potter. So you're potter for the live person, but even if he's in a bed, you're also potter even though you carry the bed. Potter for the meter, potter for the bed, the bed is secondary to the person being carried. So since the bed is not being carried in its own right, the bed is only being carried for the person. If you're potter for the person, you're potter for the bed as well. But a different case is a mace if you carry out a dead body on a bed, chayim. In that case, you're chayim. Because there's no chayim in Seizatzmo, the corpse is just on any other item. So therefore, you're chayim if you're carrying the corpse. Okay, kazayas, man. Mace if you carry even a kazayas. Um, from a dead body, or part of a dead animal's body, or or even the adosha, size of a lentil from a sheretz, all these cases, you are chayav. Rav Shimon Potter, Rav Shimon Potters, 
the reason Rabbi Shimon Potter is because there's a famous halacha, halacha gufa potter. If you're doing a malacha, not for its own sake, but just for a different sake, for a different reason, you're potter. Different reasons why malacha shayisvichu gufa be potter. It might be that it's not machsheves. It might be because it's not like the reason they did it in the Mishkan. So when they carry it, the way, the reason the malacha of hotzah is really done is to move an item to point B. You need it to be used in point B. Here, in this case, where you're carrying out dead body from your house, you don't need it to be used in point B. You just need it not to be in your house. So therefore, it's malacha gufa. It's not for its own necessary, but necessity but for a different reason you're doing the maisa but for a different reason so that's a machlok is the Tanakam and our Mishnah holds Shimon says Pater another analogy that's a famous case that comes up a lot is if you you're digging a hole so it's not but you're only doing it because you need dirt so that's another example of um, a malacha malacha she'ein sricha legufa